We are quickly approaching the second coming of Jesus Christ. Prophetic events are occurring so rapidly, it almost feels as if we are in a rushing river just before plummeting over a waterfall. Well, on this edition of End of the Age, we will analyze many of those prophetic events you should be watching for throughout this next year. So that's the big question, right? What to expect in 2022? What should we be watching for from a prophetic perspective? In John 14, 29, Jesus said, And now I have told you before it comes to pass that when it comes to pass, you might believe. The prophecies of the Bible foretell the future. And, you know, we presently live in a time of very rapid prophetic fulfillment. And this is because we are nearing the end of the church age and the beginning of the age of the kingdom of God. You know, some claim that we're unable to understand Bible prophecy and that it, it's impossible to discern whether or not we are nearing the soon return of Jesus to the earth. However, Scripture tells us different. In Daniel eleven thirty two and 33, it states that during the end time, the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits, and they that understand among the people shall instruct many. So there will be people that understand. Daniel chapter 12, verse 10 tells us that in the last days, many shall be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly. And none of the wicked shall understand. But the wise, the people that are studying and watching and, and desiring this information, the wise shall understand. And then Jesus prophesied in Matthew twenty four fifteen that there would be those who would recognize specific end time events just prior to the second coming. He said, when you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, Spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. Whoso readeth, let him understand. And then uh, one more, uh, the, um, John. He foretold in Revelation 13, 18, that people would be able to interpret and then calculate the mark of the beast. He said, here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast. For it's the number of a man, and, a, and his number is 603 score and 6. Not only will we be able to understand end-time prophecy, but we will be able to use this knowledge to build faith in the Word of God and to prepare others for the time just ahead. And so that's what I want to do today, is I want to look at five major prophecies that will soon come to pass, and many of them are in, in the 
ongoing stage of that happening and things we should be watching for over the next year. Number one would be a Middle East peace agreement that will begin with the final seven years to the Battle of Armageddon, the second coming of Jesus Christ. The world's greatest war that will destroy one-third of mankind from the earth. The United Nations is going to continue its drive towards becoming a world government. The establishment of a global religious system and a global numbering system, which is now being tested, and many other things that are setting the stage for the prophesied mark of the beast. These are the things you need to be watching for. Now, two of these prophecies could very possibly be fulfilled in 2022. And the others will move towards a fulfillment during 2022, but will reach full realization later. But this is something that you can kind of write down, jot down a few notes and say, okay, what should I be looking for over this next year? So the first one I want to cover would be the Middle East Peace Agreement that would begin the final seven years. The prophecy states that a a Middle East Peace Agreement will be reached and that agreement will establish a Palestinian state in the West Bank in Judea. It will also provide for the Jews living in the new Palestinian state to remain there living as a Jewish minority. And they're talking about this in the news right now. I just saw an article recently where the, the leader of Saudi Arabia said that, hey, we would recognize Israel's right to exist if they would just go back to 67 borders and we could ha- create the two-state solution. They said every, every Arab nation would recognize Israel's right to exist at that point. There's lots of pressure on Israel to go back to 67 borders there will be a two-state solution in the future. And also, um, there's the, uh, this agreement will place the Temple Mount under a sharing arrangement, allowing for Jews to build their third temple on the Temple Mount without disturbing the Dome of the Rock or the Al-Aqsa Mosque. Number four, the status of Jerusalem will be left unresolved, and it's going to postpone the settling of that issue until a later time. So where do things stand presently? And what should we be watching for over the next 12 months? Well, knowing that a two-state solution is part of the fulfillment of Bible prophecy and that it is highly likely none of the other characteristics of the prophesied agreement will happen until that occurs, this is one of the things we need to watch for in 2022. Now... Most would define the two-state solution, which is certainly not a biblical resolution, by the way. Israel, according to Scripture, should never give up land for peace. But they're going to in the near future. So the two-state solution, um, many would define that as an independent Palestinian state alongside Israel. Two states for two people. And the borders would follow the lines close to the 67, uh, before the 67, six days war with some land swaps in between. And the proposed solution typically calls for dividing Jerusalem into an east and west 
an, an Israeli East, a Palestinian, uh, Israeli West, Palestinian East type layout. The international community, including the United States, views this as the only solution to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, and globalists have tried unsuccessfully for years to negotiate this geopolitical approach between these two entities. But currently, this peace process is at a standstill. And I know we're coming up to a break. We'll, talk, we'll get into it in much more detail on the other side of the break. But these are things that you should be watching for throughout the next year. Prophecies written 2,000 to 2,500 years ago. Get seven deals of Christmas starting now. Do you remember that feeling you had as a kid during the holidays? You were so excited you couldn't sleep. What experience and gifts would you receive this year? The atmosphere at End Time is nearly the same. We're excited these seven deals are available through the end of 2021. Why are we so thrilled? Because we know these resources transform lives. And that's even more fun than Christmas, especially in these tough times. For the remainder of 2021, you can get deals like an End of the Age Plus subscription for $9.87 per month or just $99 per year, Jerusalem Prophecy College enrollment for $35 per course, or my personal favorite, our brand new package, Irvin's Last Words. This is a five DVD set that includes Irvin's last sermon, conference, TV show, and radio show valued at over $100, but we're going to give it to you free with a donation of any amount. Go to endtime.com slash Christmas to access these exclusive deals through the end of the year. You can also call 800-END-TIME. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. Now, currently, the peace process is, is kind of at a standstill. I mean, uh, Israeli Prime Minister Naftali Bennett, he is diametrically opposed to the two-state solution, which again, pretty much the international community, they see that as the only solution. However, Israel Foreign, foreign Minister Yair Lapid who will take over the premiership in September of 2023, he has stated that he supports a two-state solution. And then uh, Palestinian Authority President Mahmoud Abbas, what about him? Well, according to the Israeli National News, that during former President Donald Trump's time in office, the Palestinian Authority rejected his attempts to broker peace talks with Israel. And, of course, they argued that President Trump was biased in favor of Israel and therefore was not an honest broker. 
because obviously of his pro-steps, Israeli steps, including the recognition of Jerusalem, moving the embassy uh, to Jerusalem, and um, which because he called that the capital of Israel, which it in fact is. And so Mahmoud Abbas said, now nah, you're not going to be a, 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 an equal peace broker here. We're not even going to negotiate with you. And Israeli National News, they said that since taking office, the Biden administration has renewed ties with the PA and had been crafting a plan aimed at resetting U.S. ties with the Palestinian Authority. And despite this, senior PA official um, Assam Ahmed recently said that the Palestinian Authority is opposed to returning to any peace negotiations with Israel under the leadership of the United States. Palestinian Authority Chairman Mahmoud Abbas has repeatedly pushed for an international conference for peace in the Middle East, and he was aimed at bypassing any of the U.S. efforts to resume talks. According to the Times of Israel, in uh, November of 2021, Palestinian Authority President Mahmoud Abbas held a private audience with Pope Francis and met with top other top Vatican officials who emphasized the importance of resuming the peace talks with Israel. And the Vatican later said that it was stressed that it is absolutely necessary to reactivate direct negotiations in order to achieve what? The international community's solution, the two-state solution. And also with the help of the more um, vigorous effort on the part of the international community uh, as well. So at this point, we can only speculate what will lead to a final peace agreement. Again, what are we looking for in 2022? Well, there's some questions. Will the Biden administration's efforts to reestablish ties with the Palestinians, is that going to be the spark that leads to an agreement? Will the Abraham Accords eventually lead to a final agreement between the Israelis and Palestinians? Will the two entities finally agree to cooperate with the Middle East Quartet? Uh, to get the deal done. I mean, currently, I don't have the answer to that. And so it's something that we definitely need to be watching for in 2022 because it's one of the next two prophecies to be fulfilled on God's prophetic timeline. And, you know, when you talk about the coming American peace plan, we do know prophecies foretell an Israeli-Palestinian agreement. And... The, the prophecies always come to pass. So you can look for more efforts to achieve a two-state solution in 2022. And when that deal is signed, along with the biblical characteristics, it will be the greatest prophetic fulfillment in 2,000 years and would be the beginning of the final seven years to the Battle of Armageddon and the second coming of Jesus Christ. How the Americas... How the United States will play into that at this point, we can't be sure. But it's definitely something to be watching for. Now, the world's greatest war. Prophecy is found in uh, Revelation 9, 13 through 16. And it's very specific and clear. A war will soon begin from the Euphrates River region. An army of 200 million soldiers will be involved in the war. And one-third of mankind will be killed in just an unprecedented conflict. Never been a war like this. 
Not even close. I mean, it's going to be 40 times the casualties of World War II. Where is the war going to begin? Well, the Euphrates River begins in Turkey, flows down through Syria, continues through um, Iraq, and finally becomes the border between Iraq and Iran before emptying into the Persian Gulf. So it's from the Euphrates River area that the Bible tells us World War III will begin. Who's going to be involved in the war? Well, there, we know from Scripture that there's going to be an army of 200 million soldiers, right? So there are three powers that can field an army of 200 million soldiers. There's China, India, and the Islamic faction on the planet. I mean, Islam is obviously going to be involved in the war since every inch of the Euphrates River is governed by an Islamic power. I mean, Turkey, Syria, Iraq, and Iran are almost 100% Islamic-controlled countries. And then, of course, China and or India could be involved as well. Now, other major powers, they're most certainly going to be, they're going to have to be involved in a war. I mean, you can't see, um, you simply can't see one-third of mankind killed without most of the world being involved. It's definitely going to be World War III. But if you look at the geopolitical situation in the Middle East, you've got to consider the Iranian threat. I mean, they just put out a map recently that said, hey, Israel, one wrong move, and we're going to send rockets and different things. We're going to attack. And so they have said recently that we, one of our, our number one goal is to annihilate Zionism. And so they want to really drive the, drive the Israelis off into the sea, is what they want to do. They want to annihilate them. So with that knowledge, the war will, uh, that, that of, that, of the Isra- Iranian threat and the, that the war will emanate from the Euphrates River region, we have kept an eagle eye on Iran for years. And they're the number one state sponsor of terrorism on the planet, And their desire is to rid the world of this Zionist entity that's never going to go away. And because of this, there are some that believe that we're already fighting World War III and it's just not escalated to the point where we would have mass casualties. Now again, we're talking about what we should be looking for in 2022. This war and that peace agreement are the next two events to be fulfilled on God's prophetic timeline. And so we look at this very closely. I mean, the Jewish News Syndicate published an article by Ken Abramowitz. It was titled, World War III Has Already Begun. I'm not going to go through the entire article, but I just want to pull a few excerpts from that article because it's something you need to hear. Mr. Abramowitz stated in the article that there is no compatibility between the national objectives of Iran and the United States. Either one or the other can prevail, but not both. So he says, World War III, the conflict that we now unfortunately find ourselves in, is far more complex and confusing than World War II. And a good example is America's principal enemy, Iran, supported by, he says, Russia, China, and the European Union, which declared war on America 40 years ago and continuously preaches 
genocide against the United States or death to America, big Satan, and Israel, death to Israel, little Satan. And he says Iran's goal is to take over the world and convert everyone to Islam, particularly the Shiite version, using all forms of warfare. But America's goal, in contrast, is to live in peace, prosperity, while encouraging all democracies, about 50% of the global population, and dictatorships, the other 50%, to join in worldwide economic growth. And he says there's no compatibility between these two nations and their objectives. Either one or the other can prevail, but prevail, but not both. And therefore, we find ourselves in a World War III scenario. Even though we don't want to be, we don't think that we are, we don't even want to consider the possibility that we might be. He believes, in his opinion, that we are in fact there because it's not going to go away. Uh, Times of Israel just recently reported that um, the Defense Secretary Gantz Benny Gantz, that, uh, he said, I told the U.S. I've ordered the IDF to prepare a strike against Iran because of they, they don't want to negotiate for the, with their um, nuclear aspirations. The Vienna talks aren't going very well. And so he said, hey, plan B. We're getting prepared. We're going to strike. He said in a briefing with reporters on the sidelines of the um, Israeli-American Council's National Summit in Florida, that Gantz said he, that he had already ordered, um, given order that was to prepare the Iranian, for the Iranian challenge at the operational level. He said no progress had been made in those recent round of negotiations in Vienna and that he aimed at reviving the nuclear accord, um, or that they aimed at reviving the nuclear accord which was known as the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action. said it wasn't going very good, so I went ahead and told our military, get ready. So you can see it's just kind of boiling right now. It hasn't boiled over yet, but it's, it's coming to a boiling point. It's coming to a head. Israel cannot allow Iran to become nuclear. They want to wipe her off the planet. And so it's never going to happen. Israel's willing to go to war tomorrow morning to keep that from happening. Well, the Bible says there's coming a war. It's prophesied in Scripture. I mean, consider the prophecy of this world war. Iran's global goal and their nuclear aspirations. Iran's vehement desire for um, nuclear weapons is Israel's number one security concern. And you know, I, I can't say for sure World War III will be between Israel and Iran. Although I do watch that very closely. There, there's also the Russian, uh, Russia-Ukrainian situation and Russia's threatened nuclear missiles. Then there's the China-Taiwan crises, the, China, the, the South China Sea uh, situation. I mean, there's many different scenarios that could kick off when you can bring in the big boys and you got World War III, right? And I... I I don't know the particular crisis that will, it will emanate from. Maybe more than one. But along with the Israeli-Palestinian peace agreement, the war and that agreement is one of the next two prophecies to occur on God's prophetic timeline. And it is certainly something that we should be watching for in 2022. 
Now, the next would be world government. And there are many things that could be, um, that I could talk about. I mean, we could really spend the rest of our time together just on world government. But the Bible does prophesy about a world governing body that would be established prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. I mean, ever since the founding of the United Nations in 1945, there have been powerful forces that have worked diligently toward moving the world into a world government, a socialistic world government. And, of course, their efforts took a, deep, uh, a big leap forward in 89 when the fall of the Berlin Wall occurred and it was declared the end of the Cold War. And at that time, uh, President uh, George H.W. Bush, Pope John Paul II and Gorbachev, Pope uh, President George H. Bush, they come out of their meetings and he was talking about, he announced the birth of the New World Order. And world leaders announced the end of nationalism and the beginning of globalization. I mean, globalization, that's simply the process of uh, moving away from the nation state, the, that structure and, and um, of the world system to a system of global governance. Not independent nations, but a world government. And this effort requires nations to remove or simply to not protect their borders. Have you heard about that in the news lately? Something to watch for. And to create a global state that answers to a single global government. I mean, why would a, 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 a president of a nation not protect their borders? There's many reasons for that. But if you were doing what the world government told you to do and wanted to do away with the nation state, of course, that's a major reason not to protect your borders, right? And there are many other reasons for that. But it's a move towards world government. And so this move toward world government gained great momentum during the presidency of Barack Obama. I mean, uh, President Obama believed in ruling the world multilaterally through the United Nations. I mean, you remember back when he wanted to remove Libya's Muammar Gaddafi, did he go to the U.S. Congress for authorization? No. He went to the United Nations Security Council. And the day after the U.N. vote, the war, uh, the war against Gaddafi began, and then soon after that, Gaddafi was dead. You remember and so President Obama's di- really disdain for national borders, that, that was well known. And so he worked vigorously to bring as many immigrants as possible into the U.S., even though proper vetting was virtually impossible. And what he really wanted was a world without borders. It's simply a move away from the nation state towards a world-governing body been happening for decades now, and it's a fulfillment of Bible prophecy. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. 
when you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99. You can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. You know, when we're talking about world government and, the, and moves toward that, things to watch for in 2022, many things have happened over the years. Many presidents have been involved in this. Um, Democratic presidential candidate Hillary Clinton at the time vowed to continue the Obama policies toward globalization and world government. And, and while campaigning against Donald Trump, she, said, she proclaimed that we don't need to build a wall, we need to build bridges. In other words, she was not going to protect our southern border as well. A move away from the nation state into the arms of a world governing body. It's globalization, globalism. Of course, President Trump endeavored to remove us from the tentacles of a global government by withdrawing from the Paris Climate Agreement. He rejected socialism at the United Nations. He recognized Jerusalem as Israel's capital. He withdrew from the Global Compact on Migration, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, uh, UNESCO. Uh, He was uh, building a wall to protect our southern border, among many other things. But of course, President Biden has come along. He's a globalist. And he has now rejoined the Paris Climate Agreement, the World Health Organization, the United Nations Human Rights Council, and he's revoked Trump's um, travel ban that primarily affected predominantly Muslim countries, stopped construction on the border wall, effectively creating an open border, and is seeking a return to the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, the Iranian nuclear deal. So it's all back in, right? I mean, the question is, what about America? I mean, can we, can we resist the pull of the world's nations into a system of global governance? I know it doesn't look like it, but according to the prophecies of the Bible, we will. Revelation 13, 1-2 depicts the world government that will soon emerge on the world scene. And it shows a world system made up of Germany, Russia, Great Britain, and the nations of Europe dominating the world in the end time. So this is what we're watching for. Look for this to continue 
throughout 2022. However, I know what the situation looks like now. But the United States is not part of the coming world system. Instead, it's prophesied in Revelation 12, 14 as defending Israel against the one world government and the system of the Antichrist. It appears from the prophecies that the United States will stay out of the world government nightmare and will defend Israel against the continual onslaughts of the United Nations. And that's good news to say the least, right? Except for us, uh, especially for us living here in the United States. Revelation 12, 14 says that the woman, Israel, with 12 stars around her head in Revelation 12, that she's carried away on the wings of a great eagle where she is nourished in her place, which is Israel, for time, times, and half a times during the Great Tribulation period. So it's, it's something definitely for us to watch the ongoing process of the, the, the establishment of a world governing body and, and move into globalism. The international community preaches that as a good thing, but it is not a good thing. So it's very important that we watch for these things throughout the next year. Now, the next thing would be a world religion. Bible prophecies foretell the establishment of a global religious system in the end time. According to Scripture, the leader of this, it's going to be a very deceitful organization. Just because it says it's a world religion or necessarily a church does not mean it's teaching the truth. And it's going to have two objectives. It's going to seek to unite the world's religions, and we're watching this happening on many ways right now. But they want to unite the world's religions under one belief system of tolerance. Number two, this individual who is over that will use his pious position to influence all adherents, these religions that are under his influence, to align with and pledge allegiance to the prophesied end-time world government. Now, recent events confirm what we know. And those of us who understand and systematically analyze Bible prophecy, we've known it for years. The world religion is in the latter stages of its formation. Over 20 years ago, on a, our end-of-the-age radio program that we have daily, used to be called Politics and Religion. Over 20 years ago, in an interview with my father-in-law, Irvin Baxter, Robert Mueller, who was a former Assistant Secretary General at the United Nations, he said this, and I'm quoting, Irvin, we have brought the world together as far as we can politically. Now again, he was an Assistant Secretary to the United Nations. He, he made no bones about it. We're trying to create a world government. He said, but we brought it together a, a, as far as we can politically. But to bring about a true world government, the world must be brought together spiritually. We need a United Nations of Religions. Robert Mueller understood that the ultimate goal of the internationalists, these globalists around the globe, is a totally implemented world governing system, which would be an organization designed to supersede any national government and demand that all nations surrender their sovereignty and submit to an international submit to international laws and regulations. And Robert Mueller, he also knew that for this, his dream to become a reality, that all religions must somehow ignore their differences, 
unify and pledge their allegiances to the establishment of this global community. They didn't want them relying on all of their different deities in times of crisis. They wanted them looking to the international community, the world government. And that when this happens, and according to the Bible prophecy, it's going to in the very near future, it's actually happening right now, but the false prophet is not the leader of that entity, that those who choose not to conform will be considered heretics. And according to Scripture, some of them will possibly even pay for it with their lives. Now, the Christian Post recently published an article. It was titled, The UN Urge to Promote Religious Engagement and Literacy, Especially in the West. And so the United Nations, this was, and I'm quoting from this article, the United Nations was urged to use its status as the seat of global politics or world government to promote the importance of religious engagement and literacy to advance development and diplomacy at a worldwide gathering of diplomats and representatives of various religious institutions. The meeting was held at the UN Church Center in Midtown Manhattan, and it was organized by Religions for Peace. Remember that title, Religions for Peace, and the UN Alliance for Civilizations under the theme Faith and Diplomacy, Strategic Reflections on Religiously Inspired Efforts Towards Building Peaceful, Just, and Inclusive Societies. So, Religions for Peace, who is led by Professor Aza Karam, is the world's largest, most representative, multi-religious coalition advancing common actions among religious communities for peace. The organization works to transform violent conflict, advance human development, promote just and harmonious societies, and protect the earth. That all sounds good, doesn't it? unless you're in the end promoting wealth redistribution and a lot of other different things. So Karam, the leader of this organization, he stated this. Listen very closely. Religions for Peace is the United Nations of religious institutions. There's not a single faith community that is unrepresented on the Council of Religions for Peace. Now, in August of 2021, a religions for... um, Peace press kit for the Conference on Faith and Diplomacy, Generations in Dialogue, which was on uh, held back in October of 2021, it stated this. Since 1973, Religions for Peace has been accredited as a non-governmental organization to the United Nations and is engaged in facilitating multi-religious collaborative uh, actions towards the realization of the global sustainable development goals. And then the Religions for Peace, they have a strategic plan that they put out for 2020 to 2025. And it states this, and I'm quoting, Religions for Peace has set six strategic goals for the period of 2020 to 2025. Each of the goals advance RFP's multi-religious vision for peace and build on RFPs past work and align with one or more of the Sustainable Development Goals, the SDGs. You say, well, what are the Sustainable Development Goals? The Sustainable Development Goals are the United Nations Socialistic Blueprint 
to govern every aspect of every person's life on the planet. And remember the prophecy that the world religious system that would come, this is Revelation 13, verses 11 through 15, the world religious system that would be created would use the powers of the first beast, the world government, to cause all them that are on the earth to worship the beast and his world governing system. Well, now here you have these environmentalists and these, uh, this world religious uh, system that's being set up working right alongside the United Nations to get the religions of the world to support the sustainable development goals, the socialistic blueprint to govern every person on the planet. Then the UN Environmental Program reports that in 2020, and that's not the only one, Faith for Earth partnered with the Parliament of World's Religions, Buami Global, and the United Religions Initiative to publish a landmark progress and outlook report on faith action on, guess what? The United Sustainable Development Goals to commemorate five years after the launch of the UN Sustainable Development Goals, the SDGs. Again, socialistic blueprint of the United Nations to govern everyone. And the report focused on mapping the contributions of faith-based organizations to the SDGs. But remember, Robert Mueller stated, we need a United Nations of Religions... And, of course, it looks to be forming as we speak, and it has been forming for quite some time. Religions for Peace is one of the many efforts to unite all the religions of the world to implement the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. And there is also the the interfaith project of the Abrahamic Family House in Abu Dhabi. And so you can look for more ecumenical and interfaith efforts to continue in 2022. Man, isn't there a lot of prophecy happening right now? Again, I said it's like we're in a rushing river just getting ready to go over the waterfall. It's what it feels like. And again, I don't have near the time that I, that I could take to cover everything that's going on. But we're just rushing so fast and everything's occurring, it's really hard to keep up with it all. But it lets us know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we are just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ and the Battle of Armageddon. You realize all of these prophecies are supposed to occur just before the second coming, folks. And we're watching either, they're either happening now or watching precursors to every single one of them. So we don't have to sit here and wonder, let me see, am I in the end time? No, absolutely. That's easily answered. And it's very important that we understand we're just prior to the second coming and we need to be prepared for that. I've been part of the end time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. Endtime is a small nonprofit that runs a high traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. 
We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. The final thing I wanted to mention, uh, uh, this prophetic fulfillment that we should be watching for throughout 2022 would be precursors to the Mark of the Beast system. It is not time for the the Mark of the Beast to be doled out. That will happen during the Great Tribulation, which is the final three and one half years prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. We're not there yet. But we're watching precursors to this system being established. The prophecies found in Revelation um, 13. And I'm going to read uh, verses, um, I, want, I would say let's just focus on verses 15 through 17. Normally it's 16 through 18, but I'm going to go 15 to 17. I want us to focus on that. Because it describes the method the Antichrist and the false prophet will employ to force obedience to their one world government and to their to their world religious system. It says, And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, and that both the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast, that they should be killed. There will be some persecuted in the near future. The Bible says, And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their forehead, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. So this passage describes an economic system where people will be required to have a mark or a number without which they will be unable to buy or sell. In order to activate that number, the individual will be required, and to keep that number activated, they'll be required to worship or to pledge allegiance to the Antichrist and his world-governing system. Until the invention of the computer and the development of the internet, the system described in that prophecy would have been impossible. However, we can see all the elements needed for the implementation of the mark of the beast coming into place right now. Most nations now have a a national ID that every person must have in order to hold a job, open a bank account, file their taxes, um, obtain a loan, really just a function in society. So obviously, if a person can't, you know, they can't hold a job, that person is not going to be able to buy or sell, right? You're going to be stuck. Well, we're watching these things being put into place, a global numbering system. Think about this. ID 2020, ID 4D. There are hundreds of articles on these things that you can go look up and study them out. There are two main efforts to provide every person on earth with their own unique identification number. Number one, ID2020, the United Nations effort. Number two, ID4D, the World Bank's effort. If you um, secure ID news, 
They stated that ID2020 and ID4D aim to bring legal binding digital IDs to all the world's citizens. It would have been unheard of to even think about that before there was ever a computer, the internet, any of that stuff created, blockchain technology, all these different things that are being created. That would have been unheard of. A a, a unique digital ID for every person on the planet and to be able to manage that, unheard of before the internet and the computer. So it lets you know the possibility of this prophecy being fulfilled has occurred, has come into play just over the last, what, 30, 40 years. And now we're rolling downhill. It's a giant snowball rolling downhill right now. Um, Fast Company, they reported that um, the exact details of how a new global identity system, this is what they're talking about, global ID, that it will work... um, the system would work, and there's, it's still being worked out how this would all work. But Dakota Gruner, who is ID2020's executive director, she imagines that it would, it would evolve into a database overseen by an international non-aligned organization like the United Nations. Well, imagine that. So imagine the United Nations, the world government, the seat of world government in the earth today, overseeing a database containing the unique identification number of every human being on the planet, well, couldn't they then use that number to allow the populace to function in society? Imagine if they had that power. Now, I understand that there are some out there that might think this is conspiracy theory, and I'm not into conspiracy theories. And, you know, I might think that too. If it wasn't prophesied and already being tested in the United Nations, by the United Nations and various tech companies on certain portions of the population. Um, Overture, uh, uh, a, a news source, they reported that, and I'm quoting, that project managers brought this pilot program to a guy named Jordan to determine whether building blocks was reliable on a large scale. It now serves 100,600 Syrian refugees there. The program integrates blockchain with biometric technology to create digital profiles to each family. The, these are um, refugees that have uh, that fleed from Syria when they were having the, the Syrian civil war. They fleed down into Jordan. The residents don't have to rely on having cash on hand or a physical debit card to go shopping. Many of them, they started bombing their city and they just took off. So they don't have any any of this or any way to prove who they are. They show up and say, hey, I'm John Smith, and they'll say, prove it. And they'll say, well, uh, my house got blew up. I can't, what do you want me to do? So they showed up in these refugee camps down in Jordan. So instead, to buy food and supplies, they don't have any money, Camp residents have been given a voucher by the United Nations. These residents stare into an Irish scanner at the commissaries that they've set up on these, in these camps. And the, they go to an Irish scanner, look into that, and the, at the register to verify their identity that they've been given, this digital ID. And I'm quoting now, in the blink of an eye, the scanner cross-checks their identity against a United Nations database, queries their account, and get this, 
allows them to purchase what they need. At the end of the transaction, they receive a text message via their cell phone informing them of their balance, plus a receipt for what they've just spent. I mean, that sounds prophetic, doesn't it? It does to me. Everybody, I mean, a, a world-governing body being allowed to, because of somebody's unique identification number, to allowing them to be able to purchase food for their family in a, um, a refugee camp. So, this global numbering system, I mean, think about it. Global numbering systems, cashless societies. These are all, I could cover, I could spend programs on each of these. Cashless societies, microchips uh, being embedded in people's hands, invisible tattoos, biometric identifiers, even the societal conditioning of a federal COVID-19 vaccine mandate. These are all, in one way or another, precursors to the eventual Mark of the Beast system. Societal conditioning about governmental control, using a number or a, and a method to be able to economically sanction an individual. I mean, um, that's one of the big moves off of cash and onto a digital system, a digital society. The, there is a, uh, an entity called the Better Than Cash Alliance. They work with the United Nations. Their website actually states, based at the United Nations, the Better Than Cash Alliance is a partnership of governments, companies, and international organizations that accelerates the transition from away from cash to responsible digital payments, get this, to help achieve the sustainable development goals. What are the sustainable development goals again? The socialistic blueprint to govern every single person on the planet. Most of these big things that you hear about nowadays that they're pushing as a result of the crisis is devoted to pushing the sustainable development goals. That's the goal. I mean, the Great Reset by the World Economic Forum, the Council for Inclusive Capitalism that the Rothschild, uh, Linda Forrester Rothschild's over, all this build back better that you hear about, all these moves to move us off of cash onto a digital society, there are people working day and night to implement all of them. We'll tell you, we're working to implement the Sustainable Development Goals. And that's why I've said over and over and over, you've got to understand... Most people, if you ask them, what are the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals? Uh, I don't have a clue. They think the United Nations is a good thing. It's not. The United Nations is a socialistic world governing body, and it always has been from its inception. So when they come up with sustainable development goals for you and me that they want to reach by 2030, it's the 2030 agenda. I don't want any part of that. But all of these big, huge efforts, you wonder, what's behind the Great Reset? What's behind the Council for Inclusive Capitalism? What's behind all these people around the world talking about build back better? They're implementing the Sustainable Development Goals and Socialism. So, these are things that we are watching for, and these and other efforts to continue throughout 2022. Very important. And so, folks, the end time is now. Over the next year, so many things will happen, it's going to make our heads spin. And we need to watch for the developing and possible fulfillment of these and other prophecies. And, you know, some people will say, well, why watch? I mean, what's the point? Very important. 
In 1 Thessalonians, it states, But ye, brethren, are not in darkness that that day would overtake you as a thief. You are children of the light and children of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night. They're drunken, they're drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love. And for a helmet, uh, the hope of salvation. That's 1 Thessalonians, what, 5, 4 through 8. So we watch. Some people say, well, why watch? Why, why pay any attention to this? I'm just going to live my life. Because we watch to prepare ourselves and others for the soon return of Jesus Christ to this earth. Because the end time is now. Jesus said, I tell you these things before they come to pass, that when they do come to pass, you might believe. Prophecy builds people's faith in the Word of God. And so when I can look at these prophecies, we're watching these things coming to pass, and I can show people, hey, the Bible Bible says this, prophesied about this 2,500 years ago. Look at how it's coming to pass in intricate detail. We're just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Let me show you how to be part of this kingdom of God. And then you take them to the born-again experience. It builds their faith in the Word of God. Remember, I tell you these things before they come to pass, that when they do come to pass, you might believe. The battle's in the mind, everybody. People act on what they believe. So we're trying to say, okay, here's what's coming in the end time. Look at how close we are. Let me show you how to be part of this kingdom that God is coming back before very long to establish on this earth. That's what we do here at End End Time Ministries and End of the Age. And so we want you to watch. These are some things that we need to watch for in 2022. We're watching to help build people's faith in the Word of God, which is the only book that has the words to eternal life, to prepare them for that soon coming kingdom. That's our great commission, is to go out and teach and preach the gospel of the kingdom of God to the entire world, because the end time is now. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463, or visit us online at endtime.com. 